0: It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. I go with Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis is not going to join us today. Good morning. Uh, We're going to do a two-part It's Leadership Week Hangout this morning. This is part one. Good morning. This is the Start Today Morning Show. My name is Dave. I am married to Rachel. She is going to be doing a full hour of live stream teaching on the topic of organization today at 10 a.m. So in 55 minutes. And I'm going to try and regale you with some conversation around leadership for the next half hour. So we're going to try and double up on how we can serve you, this community, as well as we possibly can today. Uh, We're going to start with this, our morning show, good morning. Did you get up and get out and move your body today? I found a country road, rolled on out to that country road, took my beard and my handmade, personally cut Mohawk for a little bit of a run, and it was nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Someone is asking, are these chats being recorded? In fact, they are. Uh, So this conversation that we're having right now, it lives as a replay every single day on iTunes where you can listen to it in podcast form. And her conversations are going to first be saved, yep, on her Facebook page, but then separately are going to be made into YouTube content that will live in YouTube. So, Reri Hollis is going to uh, go live at 10 o'clock in 54 minutes worth of time. She will be back tomorrow. I will tell you this. She will be back tomorrow because... We have a special guest joining us on the Start Today Morning Show. He's a big deal. So I'm gonna just leave it as a tease. Y'all better be ready. Rachel Hollis will be back because she is not going to miss our friend, our new very, very close friend, joining us on the morning show that literally no one is talking about. All right, so here's what I thought we would do today. I wanna talk when it comes to leadership about some of the mistakes that we make as leaders because uh, we are in real time uh, going through a leadership week as a part of our next 90 day challenge. If you don't know what this challenge is, it's 100% free, it's zero dollars and zero cents. We've created 14 weeks of content and we are trying to show up every single week with a new topic that we can dive into. And this week's topic is leadership. When you join the the challenge you get content on every Monday and then Monday through Friday we're going to hang out here and have a conversation about that topic. The podcasts are going to each have conversations around the topic today's rise together podcast is an amazing conversation about leadership with Scott Miller, who works at Franklin Covey as their head of thought leadership. It is extraordinary, it's a great conversation. Uh, We did record a conversation with Bob Goff yesterday. Forget about it, gift to the universe, Bob Goff. Uh, And he's gonna be on an upcoming episode of Rise Together. I'm excited for you to hear that. But um, today, because we're talking about leadership, I thought I would actually, out of my book, read a couple of stories of times when I made mistakes in my leadership journey so that if in any way you relate to the mistakes that I made in my leadership journey, you might avoid taking that same path, making those same mistakes, stepping in that same pile because the mistakes I made, I think they are very, very uh, similar and relatable. And if you can learn from them, especially in this season, right? Like we are right now stepping into leading in uh, times that are totally different. And so the kind of leaders we need to be, that's something we have to be considerate of. But um, the two things that I wanna just talk through and teach on this morning are uh, around the mistakes I made in two components. The first component was, I, thought that when I was stepping into a role that was bigger than a role I'd previously been inside of that I had to justify my worthiness to lead in that environment. That was a mistake, right? I uh, had some imposter syndrome, I had some insecurity of other people judging how I was actually equipped or not to lead in this new environment. And so I made some mistakes, I wanna share that, those mistakes first. And the second mistake that I made was the mistake of assuming because I stepped into a leadership role that my authority as a leader would be immediately recognized by people because of my declaration of having stepped in that role or that because I was given a title, immediately I would be recognized for being someone who uh, was worthy of respect because of the role I'd been given. That is something that comes with time. That is something that comes in building trust. And so uh, I want to share you a couple of stories. It's out of a chapter where I believed a lie that my work is who I am. And the first story is that story of me making mistakes, trying to justify my worthiness as a leader because of some insecurity I had around how people might be judging me for being worthy of the role. Early on at Disney, I was placed into a job where I felt insecure about being the best Only a couple years in, I held a role where other candidates were more qualified, and I created a narrative in my head that everyone else in the organization was questioning my readiness and worthiness for the opportunity. I recognize now that I was projecting my own insecurities onto these people. I was sure were judging me, but that's not what it felt like at the time. I worried constantly about being exposed as unqualified, and I had this crazy certainty that others were critical of my every move. I knew logically that being insecure didn't serve me. That logic though was challenged by the ridiculous worry of a little boy from years earlier whose subconscious thoughts still found a way to voice lies in my head. The name calling from fourth grade wouldn't give way to the accomplishments of this grown adult. As much as you think it's you against the world, in these moments when you try to break away from the insecurities of your past, it truly ends up being you against yourself. I was fortunate to have good coaches. The mistakes that came from listening to these voices of insecurity allowed those who cared for my development to come around and shine a light into this area. That allowed me to be present in a way that was better for my teams, the bosses I served, and ultimately my personal brand. It was during these earlier, bigger than I was ready for job transitions that a mentor dropped one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received. Because I was worried that I'd be revealed as being in over my head at the time, whenever I found myself in a meeting, and the theme, oh, and there was the slightest pause. Whenever I found myself in the meeting and there was the slightest pause, I'd insert something that sounded smart, or at least sounded smart in my mind. So I could show the room how truly qualified I was for the role that I'd been given. Whatever that spark of brilliance was in that moment, it didn't necessarily even have to do anything with my role or even the subject that was being discussed in the meeting. But boy, did I think it was showing everyone how wrong they were to question my ability to do this new job. After one particularly transparent showcase of my insecurities where I inserted every wise observation I could think of, my boss asked me if I could come to his office for a quick chat. As we walked down the hall, I wondered if I would get a traditional high five or if this would be one of those times where we went all the way and got all the way up there with the high 10. Was he gonna give me a special certificate for my contributions that went above and beyond uh, in a meeting, would there be a statue unveiled of me delivering so much wisdom that we'd now memorialize that meeting for all time in bronze? We walked into his office, the door closed, and he very calmly turned around and said four words that pierced my baby heart my baby's soul is actually it's written my baby soul he said four words that pierced my baby's soul shut the F. Up. He didn't say F. It was like the end of the Mortal Kombat video game I played as a kid. Finish him. Fatality. It was gutting. This person whose opinion I cared so much about and who I wanted so badly to think I was doing a good job just kneecapped me. He went on. You're doing a great job. You are the best person for this role. And I wouldn't have put you there if that weren't the case. Stop worrying about what everyone else thinks and prove what you can do with your results. Oh, okay, that sounds good. It turns out every time I opened my mouth in my attempt to prove my worthiness, I was taking a step in the opposite direction. The advice served me well and was the beginning of a journey that had me taking on new opportunities, making new mistakes and finding in a mentor, a mirror that could be held up to keep me accountable. Alright, so this is the first lesson in this conversation around what not to do when you are trying to be a good leader during leadership week here in the next 90 day challenge, right? You are right now in the upside down that is this world assuming some new responsibilities of leadership and you are going to have to actively work to not try and justify your worthiness to handle the new responsibilities that sit outside of your capacity from what used to exist in the universe seven weeks ago. You're you're being asked to do new things and those new things are inevitably going to challenge some of the insecurity that you may have around how you could be exposed for not being perfectly equipped to handle the circumstances of today. You're not perfectly equipped to handle the circumstances of today. None of us are perfectly equipped to handle the circumstances of today and the only thing you do in trying to make a case for your being equipped is undermine the way that people will build a trust with you and understand you as someone who is self-aware and appreciates that you are yourself like they are. On a journey to acquire the skills to handle the unprecedented nature of the scenario that we find ourselves inside of. Just because you're not yet perfect, not yet great, not yet fully and totally perfectly equipped to do the things, does not mean that you aren't acquiring skills that are going to make you better tomorrow for having sat in this today. Don't undermine your ability to build the kind of thing you'd hope with your teams, your family, your partner in leadership by trying to convince them that you are worthy of this job. You are worthy of this job today, period. You are enough for this job today, period. You are capable of this job today, period. Lesson number two, if you'll indulge me, uh, was again this Time where I was given opportunity, and I made the mistake of thinking that my having been handed an opportunity came immediately with people treating me as though I'd earned all of the things that came with the title that I had been afforded. That is not true. You have just now been promoted into a new kind of leadership, and that leadership has called you to a new title, a new responsibility, but you have not yet completely earned all of the things that come with this new calling, you are gonna to have to earn that trust, earn the way that your team, your people, your, your kids will think of you in this new relationship through frequency and time. Fast forward a decade when I was given the opportunity to run international theatrical distribution. It was a role far bigger than my resume would have qualified me for, but it was a training ground that in four or five years could make me a candidate to take on the global head of distribution. I grabbed my passport and I got to work. But then, only after about nine months, due to a string of circumstances that could only be described as a mix of hard work, good timing, serendipity, and providence, I was thrust into the global head of sales job. In the same way, pause for a second, through a set of circumstances that could probably be described as hard work, timing, serendipity, providence, a whole host of other words. You, listener, have been thrust into a new job title in real time with this quarantine, right? The first three years of that new job were incredible in large part because they were the most Challenging. I walked into rooms where I was the least experienced person on an almost hourly basis and asked unbelievably done questions, did my best to listen, was the beneficiary of grace from teams who were willing to put up with my ignorance and teach me well. Some did it despite knowing they would have been better candidates for the job, most did it while stifling an eye roll. Still, I had the job and the responsibility that came with it and in another layer of this lie of believing that my work equaled my identity, I hoped that my appointment to this role would affirm my inherent value and would therefore afford me the same kind of influence that my predecessor had been afforded, a faith in my perspective or at a minimum, a willingness to give me the benefit of the doubt and I could not have been more wrong. So pause for one second. I got this job It was the same role and the same title that a person who had done it for 25 years had, and when I assumed it, what I'd hoped for was that I would be afforded the same kind of respect, the way that people might listen and follow the direction, and that was a ridiculous thing for me to have assumed. And if you are taking on something that other people have done for a long period of time, that you will immediately be given the benefit of the doubt, and have people who want to listen, that is a mistake of leadership. I got a preview of how hard those first few years would be when we needed to pick an opening weekend on the calendar for one of our upcoming movies. I worked in the film business. right? In the film business, talent of a certain caliber had contractual consultation rights when their movies, for when their movies should come out. So in one of my final training wheels moments before I assumed my new role, my predecessor, Chuck, had me lead his last meeting where we pitched Johnny Depp's team the rationale behind the date of his next blockbuster with us. I studied all night and came ready to wow this assembled crowd with my knowledge of the calendar and the history of the movie business and the reasons that this date on this weekend that we picked would be better than any date. I walked into the room and sat across from Johnny's lawyer and agent and manager and publicist and sister, the crew you had to convince. I knew them by reputation or photos on a red carpet but hadn't actually met them. Chuck, on the other hand, was embraced by each. They played a game of inside jokes. They talked of the next time they would golf together. I slayed the meeting. I gave the most eloquent and compelling eight minutes of discourse on the reasons that this date was the most perfect date in all the land. I did it barely using my notes. I didn't need the help of my more experienced and familiar to them predecessor. I landed the plane with all but jazz hands. I was so proud of my articulate explanation. When I finished, I looked up across the table and I saw no nonverbal cues. Zero. They looked like cyborgs. They did not smile or nod or stand up and applaud. They just stood there, sat there with blank stares on their faces. After a dramatically long pause, the elder statesman in the room drew his gaze to my right and in a deep calm voice said, Chuck, what do you think? Chuck smiled wryly under his classic mustache and said, well, in my business, this is a good date and to a person, the entire room, said in unison, sounds good. The trust they built in Chuck over a couple of decades of these meetings trumped every single part of my smooth delivery. I was mortified, I was frustrated. What did it say about who I was if the people I was tasked with getting on board didn't see the authority of the position I was in and therefore the value of my recommendations? Well, it said exactly what you think it did. I hadn't earned their immediate nods. It was an important hazing that I needed to go to, go through, that any leader needs to go through. It would take years of relationship building and expertise gathering before I got my version of Sounds Good from a room full of people with contractual consultation rights. But this initial meeting humbled me and forced me to remember that the fact that my job title Remember the fact that my job title did not equal my personal value, nor did it mean that other people would automatically accept all of my ideas. So there are things in assuming a new station of of leadership, a a new station of responsibility, where you will be tempted to believe that you are now due the respect of the people that you're trying to influence as a leader that respect is earned over time. That respect is something that is earned over time and the fact that it is does not indict you as not already being great, as not already having everything it takes to be a fantastic leader, it is just a reflection on where you are in your leadership journey. There's, no, there's nothing bad or wrong with you having to earn the trust of the people you're, t- you're trying to lead. It just takes some time. And the mistake that some of us will make is that the process being what the process is triggers our insecurities of it not happen- happening fast enough. And because of it not happening faster, that there must be something wrong with us. Don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie, don't believe that lie. That is is a lie from the insecure fourth grade version of you that didn't get picked for handball. Don't believe that lie. It's just gonna take some time. And, And anyone who has ascended to a higher perch inside of a big organization will tell you of how much of their leadership came from time invested and trust being built. So, uh, I encourage you to uh, be okay with it taking time before it feels okay. Uh, If you are interested, this book is called Get Out of Your Own Way, A Skeptic's Guide to Growth and Fulfillment. I wrote this book. I believe that this book is wildly valuable anytime, but even more valuable in the midst of the circumstance we are living inside of. I read it on Audible. It's available anywhere books are sold. And I think you should buy it right this very second because it is the most proud thing I have ever created in a career that is full of things I am proud of. Y'all, we made it to the end of this first part of our morning in uh, Leadership Week here of the next 90 days. Uh, Let's do a few minutes of questions uh, while I got you. Rachel, as I mentioned earlier, in case you did not yet hear, uh, is going to be on her Facebook page at 10 a.m., that is 35 minutes from now, and it uh, is gonna be a conversation all around organization, the importance of organization in times like these. She's gonna spend time just blocking and tackling some of the very important but practical things to be considering so that you can create centeredness in an imbalanced world, centeredness, right? Um, All right, where do you find this to listen to later? It will live on Rachel's Facebook page forever, but also uh, you can listen to any of the replays of the Start Today Morning Show on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. It is a podcast that you can replay any time, any time, any time. All right, let's see, who else has any questions? Uh, Any variety show updates? We're definitely still going to do a variety show. It will definitely happen once people are able to go back into movie theaters. We have not yet picked dates but are right now generally looking at like October or so thinking that probably feels like the best and safest time to go. Uh, Let's see a book tour update same thing for the book tour it is 100% going to happen. I cannot wait for this book tour forget about it. Um, But it is something that is probably going to happen I'm going to guess in the October or so time frame. So uh, stay tuned. More details to come. Will we do another 90 day challenge? Absolutely. We're going to do the last 90 days. October, November and December. So uh, hang on there. Uh, Is Rise San Diego still happening in August? We are planning for it in August right now. We're staying very close and connected to everything that's happening in California and everywhere. And uh, if we have to slide the date because of it not feeling safe, we will slide the date. But at this point, it is in August and uh, is planned for there. Uh, Let's see. How do you stay motivated to work out in the morning? Uh, I stay motivated because of an appreciation for how I want my day to unfold. Uh, I am not motivated. I'm not interested most mornings when I get up in going out and doing any of the things that we tend to go out and do. And yet, I get up and do it because I know if I get out and move my body for those 30 minutes or you know, more often an hour, I tend to have the energy that I'm looking for at 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m. Uh, so, I, I ask, what would, it, what would it mean to commit to doing this, even if I don't want to, for how I want to show up for the rest of the day? And I go do it anyway. I don't feel like doing it all the time. Uh, let's see. Do I go into more, more into leadership inside of my coaching? I do. Uh, we have had uh, now four months of both life coaching and career coaching. And uh, on the career coaching side, we started with the idea of operating principles or like kind of the values you have for your brand, uh, a talk about identity, uh, a conversation around uh, the kind of habits you have to, we're we're talking about frankly everything and leadership is intertwined in all of it, all of it. Uh, What time do you go to bed? What time do you go to bed? We try to go to bed at 9 p.m. every night. My morning routine starts the night before. If I am interested in getting up and having a good morning, I gotta get sleep. Sleep is super, super important, and uh, so I gotta get sleep. Uh, do you plan on writing another book? I am, in fact, in real time, writing another book. I'm writing it in, uh, every single day in real time. I'm trying to get about a thousand words minimum per day, uh, and it's, it's been great. Uh, what if you didn't start coaching at the beginning? That's okay, you can start any time. If you decide to come in for the year, you get access to everything January going forward. If you wanna come in for a single month, Fantastic! Uh, You're more than welcome to do that as well. Uh, Let's see what. When is the timeline or schedule for Rise Live going to be released? That's a good question. Pretty soon. We're like ten days out or so. So if you have not heard, we're doing a live version of our conferences. Uh, Rise Live happens on May 2nd, and it will uh, happen. It's a it's a Saturday. It's about eight hours, uh, a little more than eight hours of content. Features an amazing set of speakers, John Maxwell, and uh, Donald Miller, and Ed Milette and Jen Hatmaker, and Eric Thomas, and, oh my goodness, all the things. And uh, if, you, if you want more info, go to thehollisco.com forward slash rise live. Uh, all right, y'all, it is now 9.30. I need to go get my day going. Uh, Rachel is going to be live on her page in 30 minutes to dive into an hour-long free coaching around organization. I hope that you will join her then. And uh, she and I will see you tomorrow for a very special Start Today Morning Show with a very, very special guest. I hope to see you guys there. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.